Today at Labor Day weekend, we continue our gifted series, but we are not focusing on a particular ministry area this weekend. Instead, we're looking more generally at this idea of using our gifts in service together through our church. This idea of using gifts is one I want you to continue to play with. We really want you to think about the way that you use your gifts, how you can actually invest your gifts here in this church community for the good of one another and for the good of those outside these walls. And so more on that a little later. This idea, though, of giftedness is one that we see played out just a bit in today's gospel lesson. We see two incredible stories in today's gospel lesson. Jesus does two amazing things, heals a young girl and heals a deaf man. These stories are remarkable. We see that here Jesus receives people because they're friends, people they care about, come to him and ask him for help. People bring their deaf friend to Jesus and say, will you please heal him? And Jesus gets down and rubs in the dirt and touches this man. And all of a sudden he is able to hear again. These stories of miracles and healings are incredible. But as we hear these stories, they can be a bit hard for us as well. See, these stories in this world that we live in can be hard to hear because our world is messy. We don't often see these moments of miraculous healing like we see in the gospel lesson. I think we would all agree that just there's a lot going on in the world right now and that it weighs heavy on all of us. And it's not just international things. Here at home with the pandemic and wildfires and hurricanes and more, There's a lot weighing on all of us. And if we're not careful, it can really bring us down. You see, we all in some way and in different phases in our lives wrestle with this issue of pain. We wrestle with the idea of pain in the world when really we would love for pain to cease. I think we all wish in some way that we could sort of chase after Jesus and ask him to heal our pain and it would just be gone. And yet we know that's not exactly the way that the world works. I know, as you do, many people who tend to try and solve the solution of pain with something simple. Solutions of pain can oftentimes be a bit off-putting to me. I could tell you, like many preachers, that God answers prayers just not in the way that we often hope. That's a little frustrating. I could tell you that hardships deepen our faith, right? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's annoying. I could tell you that God doesn't give us more than we can handle, except I've told you before, that's really bad theology because Jesus comes because we cannot handle it all. And so the problem of pain persists. We struggle and we wrestle with pain that we wish would go away, that would not affect the people we love that would not weigh so heavily on our souls. And so when I read today's gospel lesson, I wonder if what we're actually being invited to consider is not perhaps how to solve the problem of pain, but what to do because of pain. And in today's gospel lesson, I see a model that I think is really good for those of us who join together in a community of faith, like at St. Michael. That is, that people had friends who cared for them. 
You see, we could say that the miraculous healing of the young girl or perhaps the healing of the deaf man is really the point of the stories and they're great. But I think if we go one ring out, what we see is that those healings happened not because the people who needed healing went and asked, but because the people who loved them loved them enough to go and seek after God, to connect them to God, to actually help them find hope when all hope might have seemed lost. And it's that connection piece that I think is most important for us, that we, even in the mess of this world and the pain that we carry, can actually be holy connectors between those in our lives who may have been hopeless and the God who loves us through every bit of pain we can ever experience. You see, you've heard me say before that being Christian on your own is not really a good idea. Maybe technically it can work, but really we're called to do this discipleship together, to walk together so that when our neighbors, when our loved ones fall or get sick or feel pain, we can help lift them up. And when we fall, and we experience pain, we can in turn be lifted up by those who love us. St. Michael provides that kind of connection for a lot of people. And it's been sort of remarkable this summer and this early fall to see how many new people are finding those kinds of connections here. I have heard stories at least once a week of whole families finding connection here in this church. One family said that they watched online for months. Those of you watching online watched online for months and months because, you know, it was kind of easier than convincing everyone in the household to get ready and get dressed and come to church. But after doing it for months, they realized it meant a lot to them that they were finding this kind of refreshment and refilling and they wanted to be here in person. And so they came and they were so warmly welcomed. People saw them, they smiled, they felt like they belonged. And so now they're here, kids and all, on Sundays, plugging in and going more deep. There are so many people out there, so many more people out there who don't have this kind of anchor, this kind of community, this kind of connecting point where people can actually help them feel belonging, help them feel loved. Find ways to connect to the divine. And we know, we know that people are exhausted. How many of us in here, not to mention everyone else out there, is feeling raw? There's just too much going on for us to constantly find the silver lining, to find the sunshine in the darkness on our own. And so we need that deeper well and anchor and rootedness of God's divine hope when the going gets too hard. One way to be connectors and to connect with God is through prayer. And so I want to do a special thing today. I want you to look at someone next to you, hopefully someone that you don't even know, and we're going to actually touch one another and we're gonna pray for one another out loud. Ready? I'm just kidding. You know, it's <clears throat> what's funny about, did you, you know, even in face masks, I could see the Episcopal fear on your face. Prayer is one of those things we like, right? You're still kind of giggling nervously like, 
<laughs> Everyone took a deep breath, thank God. Okay. Prayer is this idea that we like, that we know prayer, right? We, we do it sort of together, but we are Episcopalians, so we'd rather pray the prayers that people wrote for us, right? We kind of like the prayers in the book. We like someone else to say a nice prayer. I can't tell you how many times when I am in a group, someone asks me to pray, I pray, and they say, oh man, you should do that for a living. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> we think prayer is so complicated, but prayer is actually just showing someone else that you love them. I understand the reticence around prayer, especially prayer for one another. I'm much more comfortable going by myself and saying a little prayer by myself. When you talk about actually sitting with another person and saying prayers, it's scary. My first year of grad school, many of you may not realize that at one point I wanted to be a lawyer. And so I had gone to grad school and I was taking a class on spirituality because I thought that would be interesting. And one of the things that happened in this class is we got to the point where we were all going to lay hands and pray on one another. Excuse me. I was raised Catholic. And so when they said this, I said, I, I, what? First off, I'm not sure I know how to pray. And secondly, I don't want to be touched by all these people. And so we were told to take little note cards, write everybody's name on an individual note card, and then write something about them that we love or appreciate or are grateful for. Simple, just simple ideas. And then person by person, we would sit in a chair in the middle of the room and the rest of the class, 20 or so people, would come up and surround us and put their hands on us. And then person by person sitting around that chair would say the thing that they loved or were grateful for or were honored by knowing the person sitting in that chair. Well, they started this whole process by saying, who'd like to go first? <laughs> and so, <clears throat> as you might imagine, I was the last person in the room <laughs> to go. And I was hoping, talk about prayer. I was hoping and praying that we would just run out of time, right? <laughs> Oops, sorry. No, just don't, don't worry about it. It's okay. Nope. We had enough time. And so there I go sitting in that chair and I was surrounded by all these people who then touched me and then began to pray for me. And this isn't like nice poetry or some laudable, you know, fluffy thing. They spoke about me. And then all of a sudden, I started crying. It was the most powerful moment, and it gave me a bit more strength and courage to perhaps go out and do that for someone else. This is the kind of connection that God is calling us to make. When we read these gospel miracle stories, the miracle is so nice, but it's the love that surrounds the person healed that is the best. We, we can be those people, not to strangers, although yes, but to the people in our lives that we love, people we know, we understand their struggle. We can actually take a step outside of our comfort zone and begin to pray, not in the quiet of our rooms, but with the people in our lives we love. We are carrying such weight right now. We need those prayers. 
And we are the ones sitting in these pews. Think about the people who can't quite make it here for any number of reasons. They may need this even more. And so today, even though we're obviously praying a lot in our worship service, I'm going to close by actually saying a prayer for all of you with the hopes that perhaps you will go from this place, maybe later this afternoon, maybe this week, maybe next month, and you'll remember that you were prayed for and that you have strength to pray for others. And so now, take a deep breath, sit up a little straighter. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to breathe deeply in this space and prepare to receive some love. God, today I call your presence upon these, our friends, that on them your spirit will rest, that they will find space inside of them for your spirit to fill them up and that the pain and the worry and the stress and the anxiety that is weighing so heavily on them will fall away, that they will have strength and courage to know your love, to know you walk with them. And that as they go from this sacred place, they will feel that strength and that courage and the resolve to not only receive your love, but to connect others to your love as well. And in doing so, more fully become the people they were created to be and extend your kingdom on earth. Amen.